Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. At the end, I will be giving away the full Warrior 64 kit, more on that later on, Uh, and also the person who won the last giveaway never replied to me, so if I don't hear back from them by next week, I'm just going to re-give away that other stuff again, but anyway, let's jump into what's been going on and get to those giveaways at the end. First up is a pretty interesting product from Ashenworks, and it's a JAMA extractor that's really been designed with candy cabs in mind, which I think is a pretty unique take on all of this, and certainly not something that I've personally seen done this way before. There's a bunch of other ways to do it, but I definitely like how Ashen's been approaching it. So basically, it's a board that sits in line with an arcade board and the JAMA harness. So unplug your JAMA harness, plug it into this, plug this into the arcade board. Uh, It's got a SCART output as well as a VGA output that's uh, RGBS, you know, just via a D-sub connector. And the purpose is so that you could run the SCART output to a RetroTank 2X SCART or OSSC and then run the other output to a second JAMA breakout that goes to a second cab in a candy cab setup. Um, Now, anybody that's worked on cabs, especially a dual cab setup like this, knows there's always a lot of tweaking to be done. You're always going to have to match levels on both sides. There's going to be power routing issues depending, but having something like this could certainly simplify it, especially for somebody that just wants to take two sit-down cabs and manually wire them together to be a head-to-head cab. So overall, I think it's a pretty cool design. Um, There's actually been a few JAMA extractor-like products uh, both released and announced um, in the past year with more to come. So I really think while these are are definitely niche products that, you know, you're basically going to know if this is for you or not, I do think there's a market for it because there's a lot of people with a wide variety of arcade cabinets looking to do a ton of different things. So um, hopefully people will check this out if you have a candy cab, or I guess possibly other other uses for it as well, and I'll update everybody when the newer ones are released. Um, and maybe someday I'll be able to do a video comparing each and showing their features. Uh, of course, that would be a lot easier if I actually had an arcade machine in the apartment to work on, but uh, I think that'd be a, a little bit ridiculous. So maybe someday I'll upgrade to a real people-sized place and put an arcade machine in it. Next, Mobius Strip Tech has just released the Mega SD Expansion Adapter. And this is the adapter I talked about very briefly in the original launch video for the Mega SD that plugs into the side slot of a Genesis 1 or 2, so the same slot that you would plug a Sega CD into, and that allows you to plug the Mega SD into it. Um, the reasons for this are twofold, and it is a very specific use case, so not everybody is going to need this. Uh, but use number one, which certainly well, why I would be using this, is so that you could play 
32X CD games. Um, because at the moment, you cannot launch Sega CD or 32X games through the Mega SD when it's connected to a 32X. So in order to run those six games, I believe, um, you're going to need to run it through the expansion port. However, because of the bus limitations of the Genesis, you can't launch cartridge games from there. Uh, so in a scenario like pictured here, where you have a Genesis with a 32X connected, you would pull it out of the expansion slot and put it in the top for all cartridges, um, except Master System, of course, because you can't play SMS games through a 32X, and then pop it out and put it back into the side for disc-based games. Uh, and this, of course, would also be applicable just for people that want to leave their 32X, 32X plugged in at all times. I personally don't. I think it's absolutely ugly and just want to leave it off unless I absolutely need it. Um, but I know a lot of people disagree for a bunch of very valid reasons, ranging from cabling and workflow just to... They like the look of the Tower of Power Mushroom Turd, which it's all preference, so there's no wrong answer to that. But I'm really happy that uh, that this was finally made and made available to the public. There was already one round of pre-orders that sold out, uh, but there was a lot more demand than Mobius originally uh, anticipated. So he opened a second round of pre-orders, which are open now, uh, and will close off at a final date. I don't think this is a product that he plans on continuing to manufacture and support. Um, so this is, if you're going to be interested in this at all, definitely pick it up. Um, it's not cheap. I think it was 60 something dollars after a uh, final price, but you know, it all is, it all depends on what you're looking to do. Do you not care about 32 X CD games? Then maybe don't bother with this one. Do you not leave your 32 X plugged in at all the times and you probably don't need it, but if either of those are a question for you, buying this adapter is certainly cheaper than going out and buying all the 32X CD games. So uh, it's certainly, you know, it's certainly worth at least looking into. But anyway, links are all there if you're interested. Um, and uh, definitely jump on this before the pre-orders run out because there might not be a second run. The Satiator Optical Drive Emulator is now available for public purchase and it is in stock. The price is $260 plus shipping, um, and there's some in stock now with a much larger shipment coming shortly after. So even if by the time you hear this, they're sold out, it's not going to be a long wait like it has been since the start. Uh, there should be a lot more coming relatively soon. Um, now, who this product is for is really the most important question. You know, does your Sega Saturn have a dead optical disk drive and you really just want a way to play ODEs? Um, a Fenrir is a much cheaper alternative and you could even get the 21 pin version coming up soon i think that's just a few months away from release uh said already posted pictures showing that everything was confirmed working and that's going into production so you know that's that's certainly an option if you're looking to save money you could also get a 64 gig micro sd card for dirt cheap these days and you would just have to continuously swap out your games as the card filled up but you could still fit quite a few games on a 64 gig card so if you wanted an affordable solution that would definitely be a better option um, if you were looking to put the entire Saturn library all on like an SSD, the mode actually might be more cost effective overall. Same thing, it replaces the internal optical drive with it, but the price of the mode and the price of an SSD would probably equal about that of uh, of the Fenrir plus a very large micro SD and possibly even that of just the Satiator with a standard micro or SD card. Um, and of course, the Satiator is something that 
it's totally removable. It's plug and play, and you could retain the use of your original disk drive. So if you wanted to still play original discs, or if you wanted to be able to use this on multiple Saturns, then the Satiator is absolutely the, the better option just for that reason. And even 128 gig SD cards have dropped pretty sharply in price. So while you can't fit the entire library on that, you know, it's, it's certainly a good chunk of games. So overall, I think there's choices for everybody at the moment. Moment. Um, I'm personally going to continue to use the Satiator just because in all of my testing, I really would benefit from one Saturn that I could boot disks off of and load optical drive emulation from. I think that would make my testing a heck of a lot easier for a lot of different stuff. But that's just my setup. Um, if my drive died, I would be totally happy with either solution. And there really is no right answer. It's only what's right for you. So definitely check all of these out. Um, and maybe someday when uh, the 21 pin Fenrir comes out, I could kind of just do a video that just compares everything that I just said, but you know, with fancy B-roll shots and easier to understand. I'm very happy to finally be able to talk about a project that's been going on behind the scenes for a very long time now, the OpenMVS. This is an open source project that allows you to take Neo Geo arcade boards, and at the moment specifically the MV1C, and turn it into something that looks and feels like a home console. And the kit at the moment is available two or three different ways. I believe you could purchase it as a turnkey solution that shows up with a motherboard already installed. So you just grab any Genesis 2 compatible output solution, plug it in and go. Um, it's also available as a kit with a painted top 3D printed cover. Um, and also, I believe you might be able to order it with a 3D printed cover that's not painted. Um, and while the bottom and rear of it, in my opinion, looks totally fine with 3D printed material, you're definitely going to want to do some work to the top to make it look more like a real console shell. Um, and then the project, I think within a few weeks or so, will be completely open source with the files posted for anybody to be able to make their own. I think all open source projects like this would probably benefit from a small window of being closed just so the developers could at least make their money back before opening it up to the community. But at that point, it could definitely be a jumping off point for people that want to just make their own and sell it to their customers, for people that want to fork the project and add their own features or tweaks or design changes or anything like that. And the goal of it is to make sure that people now have an affordable way to consoleize their MVS. Whereas up until now, there's been some really amazing solutions, but some total garbage out there on eBay. Something that would, you know, a lot of stuff is definitely borderline scam territory. And the hope is that this might replace that for sellers that could now just make, you know, use this kit to make them or for the better sellers that might realize, hey, you know, I want to do my own thing, but maybe this is a better way to do it. I'll make my own versions of these. Now, as with all of the higher production videos I do, I tend to get really sucked into them and very often forget to step back and go, how would somebody that's never been a part of the Neo Geo scene interpret this video? And I got a lot of negative feedback because I forgot to do that. I really should have spent more time stepping back and saying, hey, if you want to experience the Neo Geo library, you could 
play ports on different consoles for fairly cheap. You could use software emulation that does a very good job. You could do hardware emulation on the Mister uh, that would cost a little more than software emulation, but it's still phenomenal. But this project is specifically for people that want to use original hardware. And on top of that, this project isn't for the arcade collector that already has a super gun and a PSU and just wants to swap between different arcade boards. Uh, you know, that collector already has everything they need. And as long as the super gun's a decent one, then you're going to get an excellent output solution as well. This is specifically for somebody that wants a Neo Geo MVS to look and feel like an AES, but smaller. And the reason for that, I mean, you could just want it, but more specifically, I think a lot of people would prefer it because MVS cartridges are much cheaper and in many cases easier to find. So my apologies for not making that clearer in the video. There were a lot of people that were just like, you know, this thing's so expensive. You said it's an affordable solution. You know, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, getting a, an entry-level super gun and a cheap arcade PSU is going to be much cheaper than this, but this is infinitely cheaper than the $1,000 solution filled with glue that barely works. And, you know, that glue may or may not be holding in one of those SCART to HDMI adapters. So uh, context, I guess, is the better thing. Also, I just want to make the point, too, that uh, Avram, the person who's doing the kit production and selling these is sanding and painting each one of the top shells in order to get it to look the way it does in the video. The uh, The blue one in the video is a, a closer representation of what you would get. Uh, the red one is a prototype that still looks good, but you could see some quality differences. So a lot of the cost of the kit has to do with the fact that not only is this a very large format 3D print, but then each of the tops, uh, a lot of time is spent making them look really good. So uh, I would absolutely look into all of that and pick whichever is the best solution for you. But overall, I just, I love this project. Like I said in the video, I'm not trying to say it's the only way to consoleize your MVS. There's a bunch of really other amazing solutions out there that are all good, but this one's also awesome and will hopefully uh, wipe out a lot of the garbage that we've seen. So please check out the video for more info. A guide has just been posted that shows people how to RGB mod a Sony PVM-20L1, which is specifically one of those PVMs that only has composite or S-video inputs. Um, this project was done by Martin, the same person who did the BKM-129X replacement card project. Uh, I think that's another really awesome project as well, so please check that out if, uh, if you're into input cards and BVMs and want to see what the homebrew community is doing with those. But this specifically is a guide that shows how to use the jungle chip, which is the on-screen display menu, in order to interface in the RGBS connections. So it's pretty much the same mod that you would do on a consumer-grade TV, but works with a PVM. Um, I think this is an excellent mod for people that have the ability to do this themselves. Uh, and Martin even came up with a little 3D printed mount for it uh, for people that just want to add the direct input to the back of the PVM. Now, if you already own one of these and you don't want to mod it, one of those solutions that converts from RGB to S-Video, uh, the LinuxBot 3000 one, the Ashen one, and I believe uh, Mike Chi even posted an open source design that allows you to make one as well, those should all work to totally fine with S-Video, not with composite. So if you wanted a solution that was easier than direct modding, you could just have a full RGB setup through something like a GSCART switch, send one output to your OSSC or RetroTINK 2X, and send the other output to that converter directly into this, and you're going to get an excellent looking image. Um, but 
you know, if you have the skills to mod this and you don't mind doing it, you are going to get a spec bump going with a direct RGB input. So uh, the fact that there's choices now makes it easier for everybody with a 20L1. And I really appreciate people taking the time to do these guides and for promoting stuff like this. The English translation of the Sega Saturn game Grandia is now at release candidate stage, and unless some bugs are found, this will actually end up being the official release version of it. Uh, and this has been a pretty large project that's been going on for a while, um, and a lot of the delay has been the need to completely reverse engineer a codec in order to get the correct translations in FMV cutscenes. So it's a pretty in-depth uh, translation and hack and it's really meant to be the definitive version with better translations than the English version that's already out on the PlayStation um, and there's a whole bunch of other really awesome behind the scenes things that kind of push this into being you know what might be what a lot of people look towards as the go-to version of the game so I would highly recommend checking out this article from Samson that uh, that really goes into details on why this might be something that you'd consider a must-have. Uh, and I just, I always am so appreciative of all translation efforts, even the basic ones, but when people really go above and beyond like this, so now somebody out of outside of Japan could really experience the game in its best form, I just think is absolutely amazing. So uh, thanks very much to Trekkies Unite 118 for doing it, and thanks to Samson for keeping us in the loop. Todd from Todd's Nerd Cave has just released something called the Neo Save Keeper, which is a magnetic storage case for the Neo Save Master memory cards. Uh, I got one and I asked Todd to do a write-up post about it because I just think it's really cool. Um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it is just a case for your memory card, so it's not the most exciting piece of tech, but the magnets in the corners keep it closed. Um, it looks neat and it's just, it's just a fun accessory. So obviously it's not required to have a case with your, you know, Neo Geo memory card, but uh, if you have any of the Neo Save Masters, except the original version, but any of the ones made in the past few years, this should fit, uh, and it's a fun and not very expensive way to just, I don't know, I would call it upgrade your memory card, but just have a fun carrying case for it. So uh, thanks to Todd for making these and uh, for writing the post up, because uh, I definitely thought it was neat enough and really wanted to share it with everybody. There's now an open source project that allows you to port the mobile Christian Whitehead versions of Sonic 1 and 2 to other platforms. Now, this project requires you to have your original app that has this ROM built in, which is good. It doesn't just steal the ROM. You have to copy your own purchased version over. But once you have, you're able to play it on the PC. And it looks like it's also been ported to the Nintendo Switch and PS Vita. And essentially, this takes the Christian Whitehead engine. Uh, that's a very good way to emulate the Sonic games and allows that to work on different platforms. So, you know, the Christian Whitehead editions of the games, uh, many people think are some of the best ways to possibly play it. Um, emulation lag is extremely low. Uh, they've been edited so that anything that could benefit from a widescreen setting has it, but it doesn't ruin the game at all or anything like that. I, I certainly loved the versions that I played. Um, I think I played one on a phone and one on an Apple TV or something over the years, and I just I thought they were really well done. So it's very cool that people are working on projects to be able to play those on different platforms. Uh, I wish they would just release them on different platforms, but, you know, it is what it is, and this is certainly a fun way to make sure that these games could live on and be played on whatever comes out in the future as well. 
I saved this for last because it's going to get a little weird, but I'll go through it super quick and I'll leave links to everything uh, so you can check it out for yourself. But first and foremost, the Warrior 64 units have been delivered to customers. People have been taking them apart and taking pictures. Uh, and I asked some people to post those pictures and they have confirmed that, yes, the insides of the Warrior 64s that they received absolutely match the advanced board that I showed in the video that doesn't output any RGB video, but uh, is also, should be at least safe to use. So you don't have to worry about connecting to consoles. Um, I wanted to absolutely make sure that before I gave these things away, that there was already proof out there that these things were exactly as I said in the video, because I just want to avoid any any name calling or any accusations like have already been thrown around that are now proved as completely untrue. So uh, the Warrior 64 is exactly what you would expect it to be, exactly like I said it was in the video, uh, which is not good at all. Um, I'm not going to bore everybody with that, so please check out that video if you want more info on it. However, uh, somebody sent me something that is a little bizarre and weird. The person from the Warrior 64 Kickstarter campaign, uh, you know, the one that's uh, looking looking a little glassy-eyed in the video that obviously is reading from a teleprompter not knowing what they're talking about, has apparently been accused of doing propaganda videos for the Chinese government. Apparently it's somebody that, uh, that has a YouTube channel where they actually make... Um, uh, just videos about living in Shenzhen, China, and what it's like to live there. But uh, it's a, a huge channel, too, 200,000 subscribers. But I guess this guy moodlights uh, as to making promotional videos for scam products as well. And certainly being on the Warrior 64 Kickstarter campaign certainly isn't helping this person's argument that they're not making propaganda videos. But uh, I'm not an investigative journalist, nor do I have the time or desire to dig deep into anything like that. Maybe it's all 100% untrue uh, and all of these people are lying. I, I, I don't know, but I just thought it was absolutely hilariously fascinating that the the person in the warrior 64 video is also openly being accused of making propaganda videos for the chinese government please please check it out uh if you don't believe me i'll leave i didn't put links in the post because that's not the purpose of retrorgb.com but i will leave links in this video if you're curious to those two videos i pointed out just as proof that i'm not making this up to be perfectly honest i'm not creative enough to make something like that up i, I my you know, I wouldn't even begin to process uh, making the connection of those two things together, but I guess it does make sense. Somebody who's just out to make a buck making videos and doesn't really care how they do it. But anyway, now on to the Warrior 64 giveaway. Okay, now on to the Warrior 64 giveaway. I will be giving away the full kit that includes the controller, uh, the power supply, which you may or may not want to get an original power supply. Try it out first and see how it works for you. Uh, as well as the green warrior that I showed in the video that has the original Intec HDMI board in it, but the Voltar RGB board. Um, I already took the gray one, which I know it's the one that matches the controller. My apologies, but that was the one that already had everything set up for the Rad 2X. And I was not comfortable giving that one away because my modding skills and the way that was mounted um, are not making me 
very confident and that's going to last in shipping, especially if it's shipped far away and it's punted down a couple of flights of stairs. Uh, I would definitely rather not try to give that one away. I did actually send that to somebody, but I'll talk more about that next week because that's going to be a fun little surprise. And I think everybody will agree it probably went to the right person. Um, so this is going to be the full kit, but with the green warrior, not the gray one, uh, including all of the accessories in the original box that it comes with. Um, it outputs safely RGB, S-Video, and Composite, as well as the not-so-quality HDMI output from the Intec HDMI board. Uh, it's also missing the 16x9 switch because I used it for the other one, but uh, you'll pretty much never need to use that anyway. Um, and if you do, you could always just uh, order another switch from DigiKey or something and solder it in. It would be super easy to do that. So hopefully this will go to somebody who would enjoy it. Uh, hopefully this will put a happier spin on this very odd saga of the Warrior 64. And in order to be entered into this giveaway, just write the word giveaway in the comments below. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's capitalized or not. It doesn't matter if you write it one time or a million times. The software that I use to do the drawing will just take one per person. Um, and as long as it's spelled right, that's all that matters. So spell giveaway correctly. Uh, and the drawing will be done um, on camera. I was about to say live, but all of these are pre-recorded. But it'll be the drawing will be done in real time, like I did last week, so everybody can see exactly how it is that I'm drawing these. Um, Hopefully, if the shipping's outside of the U.S., it won't cost too much. I'll definitely drop up to 100 bucks in my own money to ship it, but if shipping costs 250 bucks or something, we might have to we might have to figure something out. I'm so sorry about that. It's just uh, I went to ship something small but kind of heavy the other day, and what would normally be 65, 70 dollars was 185. So. Who knows what the shipping cost on that's going to be. Um, but I will ship it anywhere. I just might need some help if it's if it's an insane amount of money. But anyway, um, thank you to everybody that watched that video. Thanks for all the good feedback on it. And I just was hoping to use this as a way to, to make a happy ending to a, such a weird project. Well, that's it for this time. As usual, thanks to everybody who watches, listens, and plays nicely in the comments, and especially to everybody who supports in any way. And I've actually been getting a lot of questions about that, so I added a support page to the website. I hope that came across in good taste. I, I meant that in a nice way, but I basically just wanted to answer the question I get, uh, which thank you very much, by the way, but the question I get all the time is, you know, how could I help? And of course, there's the support services like Patreon and Floatplane. Um, there's also just tipping if you wanted to do that. And of course, you don't actually have to spend any money at all. You could just go to the support page, click on an, an Amazon or eBay link, and then go buy the thing that you were going to buy anyway for the exact same price that you were going to buy it for, but give a few pennies here and there to, to us. So um, I, you know, hopefully that came across in good taste, but I just wanted to put that out there for anybody curious. And thank you all for any support whatsoever, and I will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>